Welcome to Broker to Broker, brought to you by AIM, the Association of Independent Mortgage Experts. If you haven't listened yet, Broker to Broker dives into the nitty gritty of the mortgage business by interviewing independent brokers and loan originators just like me. Enjoy the show. Today's episode is brought to you by Fund Loans, an exception-based non-QM and jumbo wholesale lender that provides a make-sense lending experience. Get connected with Fund Loans by logging into the AIM member portal at brokersarebetter.com. All right, welcome to Broker to Broker, brought to you by AIM, Association of Independent Mortgage Experts. I'm your host, J.P. Hussey of the Hussey Team Mortgage Advisors, and today I have my my good friend I'm just meeting now, Joanne Russell of The Mortgage Place, right? Uh, broker owner. That's right. Right. How are you? I'm doing great. And uh, where are you out of? So our office is in Clifton Park, New York, which okay. is just, just north of the capital. So we're smack dab in the middle of the state, and then we're also licensed in Florida. All right, so you are in New York and Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm Philly, right? So I'm Philly, Jersey, and Florida, but mostly That's right around segment. Philadelphia area, right? Mm-hmm. So you're an East Coaster like me. It's good to yeah. have that. Yeah. Um, and New York is always, it's always been a different state for mortgages, right? It's a little bit yeah. different. Yeah. Am I right saying that? Oh, yeah. It's definitely more challenging than it is in some other states. Um, yeah. We're very highly regulated, which, you know, certainly protects the consumer, but it makes the, you know, makes the bar for entry into New York, you know, very difficult for somebody who wants to start in the business here. So, you know, I treat my license as a coveted license here because it takes so long. It's so hard to get a license in New York. Oh, yeah. I mean, because um, I've before I became uh, I came to the broker side, I want to get into your stuff in a minute. Mm-hmm. You know, worked at like some correspondent lending, mm-hmm. uh, you know, big bank and where your life you can do deals in any state. And I I never did one in New York because it's just totally different from other states. You know, I almost mm-hmm. put New York and Texas in like kind of the same bucket because they're different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. That's always been my thought. But um, and that's the other thing. Like, it's so hard to, get, you know, it's there's a lot of compliance, which is good mm-hmm. for the consumer. But then also compliance hurts the consumer sometimes too. So it's a it's a balance, right? Yeah, yeah, it is a balance. I mean, I think for you know for the consumer, it, it it's it certainly you're shrinking the pool of people who can participate in the mortgage business. And it takes you know six to nine months to get your MLO license um, in New York. And that's not you know that's not exaggerating. That's really how long it takes. Oh wow! So it takes that mm-hmm. long just for mm-hmm. New York? Okay, mm-hmm. okay. Mm-hmm. Well, we won't get into all that because that's boring stuff right now. But anyway, um, so you've been, how long have you owned uh, the mortgage place? So I've owned the mortgage place for 11 years. And then uh, prior to that, uh, I was a partner uh, in in another brokerage with somebody that I used to work with. We had another business together for 15 years. Um, So I've been pretty, you know, I've been an independent broker for over 25 years. I've been in the industry for 35 years. Wow. 35. All right. Well, that's cool. Um, how did you decide you wanted to get into this industry? I, you know, it was certainly nothing I planned. I was in college. Um, my sister who's 15 years older than me was a real estate broker. And she said, I have got this great summer job for you. Mm -hmm. She said, you can be a mortgage broker. 
you can you know take these applications from for people who want to get a mortgage and all you have to do is take the application hand them in and the banks do the rest so oh, yeah. yeah yeah that really wasn't the case but it, um so i started off working as a mortgage broker in this industry and i worked for um, a company that was owned by seven Century 21 offices local yeah. to our area, and they had a little basement office in one of the in one of the brokerages. And I worked there with a couple of people, and that's how I learned the business. Yeah. So, so you were talking about okay, about 35 years ago. I don't want to age you or anything, but what year? About seven. All right. So 1987. All right. Cool. So you got in and you didn't get out, right? Right. Right. Now, were you always uh, a broker channel? No, I worked. I worked for that brokerage for a little while, and then I worked. The, I was solicited, and I worked for one of the banks that we did business with. So I worked for them for a while. Um, I actually worked for them, you know, during Black Friday or Black Monday, you know, when the market okay. crashed. Um, and then, um, and then I, you know, went back to brokerages. I worked for two other brokerages before I. Um, opened um, our own with my business partner you know, okay. over 25 years ago. And so, so you've been in this long enough. You've seen the ebbs and flows of this mm -hmm. industry, right? Mm -hmm. um, certain channels, depending on the cycle that we're in, right? Mm -hmm. Sometimes are better than others, right? right. Um, there was a time when I got in 2011, that's when mm -hmm. I got in the industry, started with a big bank. That was maybe a decent way to start, right? During sure. that time, if you kind of remember. So why is maybe being on the broker side the right, and be real, maybe it's not the broker side, I don't know. Why during this cycle, why is the broker channel maybe the one to be in? Everybody's different though, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I've, I've always had a strong passion for the broker side of the business. And really, it's because as a broker, I can take care of the consumer. And that's really what it's about. When I worked for a you know a bigger lender, even a bigger you know a bigger broker, I don't always I wasn't always feeling as though the consumer was the first thought that came to an originator's mind. So you know if if you need to make a shift, if you need to change your pricing a little bit, if you need to switch lenders in order to get the best deal. For um, a consumer, that's where the broker channel's at. Of, of course, you know, in 2008, there's certainly different change in market, and broker was such a bad word. Uh -huh. um, it took a lot for us to overcome that stigma to mm -hmm. show the consumers and to show the real estate agents and everybody else that we do business with that, you know, you can be very ethical and be a broker. And that was something that we really had to overcome. Um, so I think in this marketplace, you know, being a broker, we can offer so much to the consumer that you just can't get in a retail shop. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's more about uh, obviously different products, being able to shift and move, right? And then having that that customized feel, right? Um, like how big is the mortgage place? How many employees do you have? We have seven. Um, we have five licensed originators. So we're small. We're boutique type lenders, what yep. I say. You know, so every customer that comes in gets to have the experience with just about the whole team. And they get to really, really understand the whole process. Um, and they're, you know, we, we hold their hand during the whole process of getting their mortgage right to closing and beyond. Mm hmm. Yeah. And are you still originating as well? Absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. um, yeah. That's cool. I mean, like our little shop, it's, it's me. I produce my brother, Nick, 
Uh, we have Paul, another LO. Then we have, I even see on here, operation, but we have Lindsay, operations mm -hmm. manager, and then Ellie, our processor, right? Mm -hmm. So we like it. And that's, that's what I feel like it kind of, in my opinion, having those smaller boutique type things um, from a business aspect, number one, right? If volume is yeah. a little bit lower, it's better to be leaner, right? Mm -hmm. um, but then you can have that customized feel. And I think that's what the consumer wants nowadays. You know, maybe yeah. back, you know, especially when rates are, when they're lower, it's just like, just go anywhere, blah, 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 get through the process, right? Right, right? But what we're going into, they need their handheld a bit more. There's a lot of different things going on yeah so why do you think that customized experience is so important into the environment we're going into i guess yeah i mean you know I, i'll just use an ex you know one example I, I got a call over the weekend from somebody who went to you know one of these big box lenders online they found their realtor through zillow um and they found their um, lender through zillow and they're eight weeks into this and they got declined oh yeah. So, you know, we're, we're saving the deal. We restructured it. Um, we're going through every single bank statement, all their pay stubs, making sure that everything is in line so that they're going to get to the closing in a short period of time. Because, of course, you know, they're at risk of losing their contract on their purchase. Plus, they have a contract on their sale. You know, so that type of, you know, one on one experience where we're holding their hand and going through all of their documents and they're working with our team is so, so important, um, you know, in this environment for sure. Yeah. I mean, uh, sometimes people don't realize like we're dealing with families and, yeah. and their livelihood, like, like eight weeks. Can you imagine yeah. going mm -hmm. through something for eight weeks and, th and thinking your family's going to have a new home and then all of a sudden they're just mm -hmm. like, no, sorry. Like, yeah that blows my mind. Even if you couldn't do this deal, right. And like mm -hmm. you said, it's still probably a little dicey or going through yeah, everything. You could at least tell people earlier or exactly. have a fix for them because it's not, they're not all going to be there and, and be approvable. But I used to say like, or I still say, if it's no, it's not right now. Here's how we can do it for you. But eight weeks, like yeah, yeah. that hurts my heart even thinking about that, you know? And, yeah. So I agree with you, you know, I know I'm going off on a tangent, but uh, I get emotional with that stuff because that's people's lives, you know, but, but either way. Exactly. Um, so, so you've been in this since 1987, right? Mm -hmm. I don't want to be doom and gloom, but I like to be a mm -hmm. realist, right? Mm -hmm. You've seen these cycles, right? Yeah, so absolutely. even well before 2008, right? Mm -hmm. You had mentioned Black Monday. Yes. Could you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah. So, you know, I was very young into the business and um, I actually worked for a lender, a direct lender, and the rate actually went up like 2% in a day. In it was, one day? It was crazy. And this lender only offered, you could lock in at application, at commitment or closing, not any business day, you know, during. And people wow. made choices about that based off of what they thought the market was going to do, or a lot of it was based off of timing. And we couldn't close loans very quickly back then. So a lot of people had chosen, well, I'll lock in when I'm approved at commitment. So all those people who weren't approved, you know, when the rates went up, they were standing in line at the door waiting oh. to speak to a manager about why they weren't approved so they could lock in or could they lock in based off of yesterday's rate. So you know, thankfully the rates went down, you know, the Fed 
did change, you know, did make a, a shift so that rates went down a little bit, but that couple of weeks was pretty dicey, you know, and we had to deal with that. Um, so that was, you know, that was certainly a stressful time. I really thought about, geez, what am I doing? <laughs> this is something I really want to do for the rest of my career. Um, but I wound up sticking with it. And of course, we you know, we've seen some other markets since, you know, 2008 was a really scary time. Um, you know, not only because of the change in the market, but because of the stigma on brokers, mm -hmm. um, you know, that everybody, you know, said that the brokers are the ones that made, you know, the market the way it was, which we yeah. all know is not the case, sure. you know, but it took a lot for us to redeem ourselves and, and show our worth and our credibility again, outside of that marketplace. And, um, you know, we, we opened here 11 years ago. And we were just really coming out of that 2008. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, the stigma, like I said, from being a broker. So it, it was it was definitely challenging. And, you know, and this market, this market is is not 2008. It's not driven by false financing. This is right. really, you know, we have a housing shortage. We have obviously we have issues with inflation. So we're going to all all of this is going to kind of work itself out. You just have to you have to weather the storm. Mm. Yeah, so for for business owners out there, mm -hmm. right, broker owners, mm -hmm. um, what are some tips maybe on how to weather the storm? Yeah, from from a realistic view, like like what do you do right now when when things are a little bit slower? It, it's especially tough after having a 2020, 2021, mm -hmm. 22. I mean, hopefully you save some cash, obviously, right? Right. But how do you weather this storm if it may not be you know where you need to be for five six months who knows yeah i mean you really have to you know like you said save some cash you know so that's one of the things that anybody in this industry if they haven't learned it they certainly are learning it now mm -hmm. when times are fat you have to save that money for when times are lean and mm -hmm. you have to put your own money sometimes in towards your business in order to carry the people that you want to have with you mm -hmm. and your team that you want to have when things are busy again mm -hmm. um and it's you know it's not that it's not busy now it's that it's not as busy as it was you know two years right. ago so and the, the other thing is, is, you know, we encourage everybody here to be licensed. So um, our processor is licensed. She's a licensed MLO. Our operations manager is she processes also, but she's licensed. So that obviously helps, you know, if everybody can can generate income and help the cause, that certainly helps mm. the company. And then the other thing as a business owner, you have to sit down and go through all of your expenses and trim out the fat, you know, yep. If it's not, if it's a marketing um, endeavor that you're doing and it's not working, get it, get rid, yeah, get rid of it. Mm -hmm. You know, try, try to go back to basics where you're, you're, you're spending money um, on the tactics that really work for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you can do this business. Um, you can do it lean. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's so many free things you can do. And mm -hmm. I love how you said back to basics. That's what I'm mm -hmm. trying to work through myself and to the team mm -hmm. um, because it's just picking up the phone. You know, mm -hmm. it's it's getting more disciplined, you know, mm -hmm. sending those texts um, uh, to a fault. I, I, I don't want to say I forgot about our book of business, right? Because we do a lot with social media and we grind through it and people see us and we're always like, they'll come back to us. But no, you have to get back in it and you have to just mm -hmm. say hi to people. 
like genuinely, right? I'm just talking some basics to help people out. Like, get, and that doesn't cost anything, right? right? So I'm totally with you. We've gone through, we've trimmed some stuff. There's some things I still want to trim that I got to talk to my operations manager about because I know she's going to be like, well, we kind of need this. I'm going to be like, well, I don't know if we do. But that's where I have on my list here, the makings of a great operations manager to ask you, right? Yeah, yeah. So let's talk about that, right? Because yeah. you have an operations manager that you I have do. to throw things off of, right? I do. So selfishly, I want to know how that works, that relationship. Yeah, well, 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 she, my operations manager is Krista Bodner. Um, she's licensed. Um, and she and I have worked together for 25 years. Mm. So really, really long time, um, almost to the point where, you know, we can finish each other's sentences. Wow. Um, she has a lot of great qualities uh, as an ops manager. She's sur very disciplined, super organized, um, very type A when it comes to, you know, looking at files and looking at the, at the process. And, you know, she does not go from A to E. She mm -hmm. follows, she follows the process. Mm -hmm. So she goes through every single step so that every single file that comes in here, um, especially the ones that she has are going to be treated. It's all treated the same. We go through the same process for every single file, whether it's a FHA or a DSCR, it doesn't matter. Um, mm -hmm. Every single file is treated the same way. Uh, you know, so so that certainly helps. And, and you know, we we certainly run things past each other when we're looking to make a change to a system, when we're trying some new marketing um, or how about if we do this? What if how can we tweak this so the system is a little bit better? Hmm. So um, and, and of course, you know, we both can um, we complement each other. So if I'm on the sales end of it, she's tying the she's tying the knots so that we can make sure that everything is still going to run smoothly hmm. all right so that's all so it's really good obviously in any environment to have someone that that complements you mm -hmm. right yeah and kind of keeps it together because if you're doing it all as the broker owner mm -hmm. as an lo you can get burned out pretty quick you, you have to trust yourself there's yeah. a lot of different things so it is very important to have that person right I agree, yes. um is there anything new that you guys are implementing right now? Um, well, you know, but obviously AI a little bit. Um, okay. You know, we're, we're trying to keep it real on the social media ends of it. Um, you know, but AI has certainly helped us a lot as far as marketing. Some marketing goes, cards, emails, um, you know, um, blogs, all of those things have really helped. We've really tried that a lot. We've tried, you know, HomeIQ and HomeBot. Um you know, we've used that technology um, to help us a little bit. And then we're constantly looking at our process. You know, how can we fit in? Can we fit this in so that the customer can experience this and still make our process work? So we're always tweaking the process mm -hmm. to make sure that the customer has a great experience. Yes. Can you talk a, a little mm -hmm. bit more about the AI portion of it? Because I yeah. haven't really used it. I'm still kind of confused about mm -hmm. it. So what it what are you using it for to be more efficient or, um, or how how's it work? Like, could you dive into that a tad yeah, more? Sure. I mean, you, you certainly can use it in place of Google. You just have to be careful. You know, I have like you know, checked guidelines on AI, not always up to date because, you know, the, some of the guidelines are going to be outdated on there and not always accurate. So you have to you have to watch it. I've caught a couple of things on there, hmm. but you could certainly use it to give you a general idea of, you know, some guidelines. Um, 
when you're doing um, any type of, you know, um, cold calling kind of emails where you need a little help, you need some inspiration. Um, I've used AI in order to help draft an email or even a script for a phone call. Again, you want, you know, you don't want to make it so that it's not real. You want to be your Correct. real person, but it certainly helps you, especially if you're stumped and you need, you need some inspiration. Um, we've used it um, uh, with Canva in doing flyers, okay. you know, so that's pretty cool. It's kind of amazing, um, you know, to link those two um, platforms together in order to do either an open house sheet or some type of, of marketing flyer that, especially for realtors. Okay. All right, cool. So yeah. some of the artwork that goes into it mm -hmm. and then mm -hmm. all together. So yeah. which platform are you using? Um, on AI, or we're using ChatGPT. So is, is a paid really version. one out there, I guess? Yeah, but I guess. I've, you know, I was on the, um, I was on Bard for a little bit, um, you know, but that, I guess, you know, I'm comfortable with ChatGPT. So I'm, you know, that's where I'm, I'm using it. But, um, you know, that doesn't mean I wouldn't explore some other ones too. All right, cool. So how about, um, like our industry, right? Everyone's, mm -hmm. a, I hate using the word slow or whatnot, but the real estate, mm -hmm. our real estate agents, they are in the same boat, right? Mm -hmm. we, we've always seen the clash over the years, but now we kind of need each other <laughs> even yeah. more. Yeah. What are you seeing out there with real estate agents? How are you helping them? Mm -hmm. What are some thoughts there you could help out the rest of the community on what to do to help the real estate partners? Yeah, so I just started doing a, a bi-monthly seminar very casual um, on different products or different systems i think that could help the real estate community so you know they they get all the sales stuff from their companies and you know and some other resources but i really want to teach them how a mortgage product or how us very specifically can help them drive either more listings or more sales so we did a very successful seminar a couple of weeks ago on VAs um, and why VA is such a great program for our veterans. Mm -hmm. And it's, you know, it still blows my mind, you know, that some we had I had one offer where the realtor said the listing agent said that she wouldn't take a VA offer because she had a bad experience. So, you know, look through look through the. Uh, MMI, as a matter of fact, to see how many VA deals, you know, that realtor did, and she hasn't done any in 18 months. So uh, that must have been a very old experience that she had. So sure. trying to educate, you know, trying to educate the selling agent as to, listen, this is a really great program for this, for this buyer. And this is, this is the reason why. Mm -hmm. um, so we're doing an, and we're doing another one in a couple of weeks, again, very casual. And we're going to talk about how how can you help buyers in this marketplace? How can you get them past that mental threshold of rates are too high? Mm -hmm. What programs are out there? There's buy downs, there's adjustables, there's graduated payment mortgages, which, mm -hmm. you know, people haven't heard about that in a long time. So we're educating our realtors so that they can help their buyers, um, you know, go through this marketplace. And, and, and of course, it helps them with listings as well. Yeah, yeah. So, and these are in-person seminars as well. Yeah, yep. in-person and, and Zoom. Good feedback. Good yeah. feedback. Good, yeah. good. Pe yeah. uh, the people are coming. Yeah, yeah. People are coming. We and we also are doing them on Zoom too. You know, so we have a, a, a decent crowd on Zoom that's that's able to join us. Nice. So yeah, for everyone out there, mm -hmm. and and this is motivating me to kind of get out of my own head and get out there and just 
keep yeah. doing things. Now's the time exactly. to stay active. Mm -hmm. And if you put in the work, it's going to come back. You know, the exactly. one are you mm -hmm. seeing any, um, I mean, you hear about in the media, this, mm -hmm. are you seeing loan officers get out of the business? Are you seeing real estate agents getting out? Have you seen that firsthand? Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Firsthand. I mean, um, you know, um, there are a lot of people who are struggling in the industry and it's it's not an easy industry as we know it's stressful too so mm -hmm. you have to have pretty thick skin to not only stay in this business but stay in this business when the when the market is tough mm -hmm. um so we have seen people leave the industry on both sides there's a lot of people um a lot of realtors right now you know as renewals start coming up i think we're going to see um a lot of realtors who are not going to renew their license or certainly not um, pay their board dues, you know, because they're, they're just not, not making enough money, um, in order to make that commitment to the, the you know, the NMLS boards. Yeah. Yeah. Or MLS boards, excuse me. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a whole nother thing with NAR, mm -hmm. but whatever we, oh, yeah, we yeah, yeah. talk about all that anyway. Um, so a lot of things are changing. Mm -hmm. Um, and then what do you think the biggest holdup with, uh, uh, consumers are right now? I know you mentioned affordability, mm -hmm. but they're trying to give them options, right? There, you think they're confused? Like, what do you think the biggest holdup is out there? Yeah, I think I think that especially first-time homebuyers, I think that they're discouraged. Mm -hmm. um, we, you know, like many places in the country, have such an inventory issue, um, and you know, here and I'm sure by you, the weather plays a big factor. So when you're getting a foot of snow. Mm -hmm. People kind of hibernate a little. They're not going to list their housings for sale and people aren't going to be looking at them. So mm -hmm. there's that seasonality mm -hmm. that comes into place. But a lot of the first time homebuyers, I mean, they're putting offers on 20 houses. It's nuts. Yeah. Yeah. And they're like, you know what? I'm just going to sit back and wait a little bit um, and see what happens. Right now, you know, we are seeing houses on the market a little bit longer, which mm -hmm. is good for buyers and buyers need to be educated about that. Um, I spoke to a buyer yesterday. And we talked about doing a buy down, you know, a three to one buy down mm -hmm. because they're really in the market for a house. But, you know, they could save six hundred dollars a month for even a couple of years. Mm -hmm. That's going to make a big difference for them. So they're looking at a house that's been on the market for a little while and they're going to ask for a seller concession so they can do that buy down. Because in two, three years, things in their family are going to change a lot. So that even if they don't have the opportunity to refinance, they're still going to have an increased income. So they'll have an opportunity to absorb that larger payment. Yeah, that that's a big point right there. People, mm -hmm. I'm not a big fan of the, what is it? Uh, uh, marry the house, date the rate. Because right. you know, we just, we don't know, right? right. Um, but that's a, that's a good, yeah. It's a really good point though, that, people's income should increase. Mm -hmm. so even mm -hmm. if that payment kind of increases over these next three years, it kind of evens out anyway. I, that's one mm -hmm. thing that, that people haven't mentioned about the three, two, right. one or two, one buy down, whatever it is. Right. That's, a, that's, that's really great way that just opened my mind about that. That's awesome. Yeah. It sense, you know? Right. Yeah. So, yeah, so we have that, we got that deal. Um, oh, wow. We're, we're 30 minutes in. I told you it was going to go fast. Joanne. It did go fast. Yeah, yeah. So I do want to break down. We, we've covered mm -hmm. a lot here. There's no mm -hmm. doubt. I think this is good info. Short and sweet for all our ADHD minds, of course. You know, get it in, get it out. <laughs> um, but I always end with two questions, right? So if you're someone that is going to weather this storm, get through mm -hmm. this, right? 
you're trying to, you have to change, right? Like you said, your project, yeah. your procedures always got to change. What's one or two yeah. things that you would tell that, that mm -hmm. loan officer that they should be doing right now? Right. So, so I mean, you, you can't make the market. You, know, you cannot force people to sell houses and you can't force people to buy. So, you know, the best thing that you can do is educate your community that you do business with, mm. whether it be realtors, consumers directly, get them educated, educate yourself. Take this time to really, really hone your craft and really understand how to put a deal together and what makes a broker so valuable as compared to somebody who's just answering the phone at a bank or at a retail shop. Mm -hmm. Really know all the ins and outs, even if you have to you know, make a niche of, of what you're doing, whether it be government loans or renovation loans, but really learn and take this opportunity to really learn. And then we talked about you know, going back to basics. You know, I'm, you yep. know, none of us is above going, you know, to an open house on a Sunday to go introduce yourself mm -hmm. and, and see if you can help a realtor out and in, in turn meet some buyers. You know, so all of those things will help you get through these next few months, maybe a year um, mm -hmm. until the market changes a little bit. Yeah, no, that that's awesome. I mean, again, it's it's really I've been trying to preach like simplicity, right? Mm -hmm. Break it down back to basics. Be simple. You know, cut it down. And and like you said, it, it can hurt for a second. But I think once you get back involved, it's it's actually very empowering. Like I'm putting in the work. It's not just coming to me. I'm doing the work and I'm seeing the results. So I totally agree. It's a good time to actually start in the business. Yeah. Right? It's a like, great time to learn. 1987, Black Monday, Black Tooth, whatever. Yeah. That was kind of when you got in and it yeah. helped you, you know, build that tough skin. So I think that that's yeah. all. That's great. Um and then where do you see the next three to five years of real estate? You know, I guess if I could predict that, I wouldn't be talking here. All right. Yeah, right. right? Fair enough. Um, you know, I'm just listening to, I'm listening to, you know, what economists are talking about and people in our industry are talking about. And I think, you know, I think we're hopeful that, you know, as rates settle down and they come to out to maybe five, five and a half, you're going to start seeing some houses go on the market and maybe some of this housing shortage issue won't be as much of an issue. Builders are going to start catching up, I think, with building some houses um, to offset that as well. And if the rates come down, then maybe we have a, you know, a little bit more of affordability for our first time home buyers who are trying mm -hmm. to enter the market. Mm -hmm. You know, so I'm thinking, you know, over the next few years, it's not going to, it's certainly not going to be like, you know, 2020, 2021, but it's going to be a little bit more back to normal, um, mm -hmm. you know, where, there's there's room for everybody to do some business. Yeah, yeah, I, I totally agree with you. And that's that's a great way of pointing it. Is there mm -hmm. is there anyone that you follow that you trust to get your information from? Any economists that pop into mind? You know, I I, I just kind of I, I kind of listen to everybody. Of course, you know, Barry Habib, a lot of people listen to and mm -hmm. and he did a great job explaining why rates didn't come down this year when mm -hmm. got it. But it's certainly I listen to him quite a bit. Okay. So he's a going. Yeah. So what I um, what I like to say is be careful what you watch and read out there. Right. Because you don't want to get too negative. I've been guilty of that. I'm looking at you know, the doom and gloom, whatever it is. Be careful what you watch. Stay positive. Weather the storm and get back to basics. That's what exactly. I'm saying. Yeah. Everybody needs to buy a house. Everybody needs shelter. And, you know, and and people there are still refinances out there because there are people in circumstances whether it's be divorce or, you know, loss of a wage earner, there's still that business out there. So if people know what you do and you do a good job at it. It's all going to come to you eventually. 
I love it. Well, thank you for the hope, Joanne. I appreciate you. It was nice to meet you. Of course, if you ever need anything from me, I'm always here. I hope I can say the same for you. Absolutely. Cool. Thank you, Joanne. Thank you. Have a Bye. great one. Brokers, are you looking for the best resources to succeed? The AIM member portal is your one-stop destination for everything you need. Get healthcare for your team, submit and track AIM escalations for high-level loan issues, join the referral list, change AEs, and obtain exclusive discounts. And you will have access to over 50 AIM lenders and vendors. Don't wait and sign up today at brokersarebetter.com.